friends, welcome back and a happy new year. Today, we're returning to regular content on Here's the Thing, and I couldn't be more excited to be back with you. We're going to be talking about repentance. Now, repentance is one of those topics that tends to make us squirm, because if we're talking about repentance, we have to talk about sin. Sin is any area where we're outside of God's good and perfect will for our lives. Sin means we've fallen short, and that is an affront to our pride. Here's the thing. When God convicts us that we are not in line with his good and perfect will in any given area of our lives, he gives us an opportunity to repent. I define repentance really simply releasing sinful ways or dead and unproductive ways, and receiving God's ways or living and fruitful ways instead. I love the contrast that Paul draws in Ephesians 4 verses 17 through 32. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart, and they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. You may wonder why I use the terms release and receive when I talk about repentance, but I draw them from this passage where Paul talks about laying aside and putting on. Listen to what he says next. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven us. Within Quaker tradition, there's a practice called centering down. During the practice, the person praying holds their hands out, palms down, to release anything they're doing, thinking, or feeling that is outside of God's good and perfect will for them. And after they've done that, they flip their palms up to receive God's good and perfect will for them. The final element is resting in who God is. Now, it's important to note that I am not a Quaker, but I use this physical practice regularly as I repent. There's nothing magical about it, but as a kinesthetic learner, it really helps me connect with repentance as opposed to just saying words of repentance. So looking at Ephesians 4 again, repentance for me might look and sound like this. 
hands out, palms down. Heavenly Father, I release my old, dying, unproductive self to you. Hands out, palms up. Heavenly Father, I receive renewal in the spirit of my mind. I receive my new, living, fruitful self that looks like you, the self that has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Hands out, palms down. I release falsehood, any drive within me to be seen by my neighbor in a certain way. Hands out, palms up. I receive the grace to be true and speak truth with my neighbor instead. Hands out, palms down. I release greed. Hands out, palms up. I receive the grace to labor, perform good with my hands, and share instead. Hands out, palms down. I release speaking unwholesome words. Hands out, palms up. I receive the grace to impart edifying, timely, and gracious words instead. Hands out, palms down. I release bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, and all malice. Hands out, palms up. I receive kindness, tenderheartedness, and forgiveness instead. In Jesus' name, amen. So the next time I'm tempted to behave a certain way, whether to please someone or even to hold someone at bay, I can remember, no, I exchanged that behavior for truth with my neighbor. The next time I'm tempted to go after what someone else has, I can remember, no, I exchanged that behavior for good, generous work. The next time I'm tempted to respond in kind to someone who is coming at me with unwholesome words, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, and malice, I can remember, no, I exchanged that behavior for edification, timeliness, graciousness, kindness, tenderheartedness, and forgiveness. That is repentance. Here's the thing. Repentance is not our only option when God convicts us of our sin. Some of you will remember that I released an episode in October titled God Clothes. If you haven't listened to it yet, I've put a link to it in the description. Although it was not the gist of the episode, I did touch on the gospel and repentance in the sense that both are about the removal of our sin and shame and being clothed in God's likeness. The idea behind the episode was that God clothes and dignifies his people. I stand by that, but here's the thing. That's not the whole story. A lot of times when I'm creating content for Here's the Thing, or even studying it all, I'm chasing a word or a theme through scripture. I'll zoom in on that word or theme, then zoom back out again to the big picture. What I don't always do well is studying and communicating the immediate context of the word or theme about which I'm sharing. Sometimes I miss or don't communicate something important, and I need to revisit it. In the God Clothes episode, I referenced the first part of Ezekiel 16. And the first part of Ezekiel 16 is the story of how God rescued and sanctified his people Israel. He made them beautiful. Here's the thing. There's more to the story. Ezekiel 16, starting in verse 15. But. 
You trusted in your beauty and played the harlot because of your fame, and you poured out your harlotries on every passerby who might be willing. You took some of your clothes, made for yourself high places of various colors, and played the harlot on them, which should never come about or happen. You also took your beautiful jewels made of my gold and my silver, which I had given you, and made for yourself male images that you might play the harlot with them. Then you took your embroidered cloth and covered them, and offered my oil and my incense before them. Also, my bread which I gave you, fine flour, oil, and honey with which I fed you, you would offer before them with a soothing aroma. So it happened, declares the Lord. Dropping down to verse 37. Therefore, behold, I will gather all your lovers with whom you took pleasure, even all those whom you loved and all those you hated. So I will gather them together against you from every direction and expose your nakedness to them that they may see all your nakedness. Verse 39. I will also give you into the hands of your lovers and they will tear down your shrines, demolish your high places, strip you of your clothing, take away your jewels and will leave you naked and bare. Verse 43, because you have not remembered the days of your youth, but have enraged me by all these things, behold, I in turn will bring your conduct down on your own head, declares the Lord God, so that you will not commit this lewdness on top of your other abominations. Verses 53 and 54, nevertheless, I will restore their captives, the captives of Sodom and her daughters, the captives of Samaria and her daughters, and along with them your own captives, in order that you may bear your humiliation and feel ashamed for all that you have done when you become a consolation to them. Verses 61 through 63. Then you will remember your ways and be ashamed when you receive your sisters, both your older and your younger, and I will give them to you as daughters, but not because of your covenant. Thus I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall know that I am the Lord, so that you may remember and be ashamed, and never open your mouth any more because of your humiliation, when I have forgiven you for all that you have done, the Lord God declares. Ouch. Here's the thing. It is God's good and perfect will that you and I should be clothed and dignified in his likeness. But... We can choose lesser things, and there are consequences for choosing the lesser things. Now, of course, as Christians, God's covenant with us is different from his covenant with Israel. Same God, same character, different covenant. You might be tempted to think that the consequences of choosing less or other than God's good and perfect will are less severe for us. Here's the thing. They're not. Let's look at Hebrews 6, verses 1 through 8. It says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity. So even in the life of the believer, there's this sense of leaving lesser things behind in favor of greater. The writer of Hebrews continues, Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of instruction about washings and laying on of hands, and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. 
for ground that drinks the rain which often falls on it and brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is also tilled receives the blessing from God. But if it yields thorns and thistles, it is worthless and close to being burned, and it ends up being burned. Peter says in Second Peter 2, verses 20 through 22, If after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would be better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment handed on to them. It has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit, and a sow, after washing, returns to wallowing in the mire. What an indictment. So one of my brothers is selling his car today. He bought it a few years ago, but it's had a number of issues, and because of the particular make and model, its maintenance and repairs are always costly. Can you imagine if he turned around and bought the exact same make and model again? Going back to Ephesians 4, can you imagine if I said, you know what, God, I appreciate the opportunity you're extending me to speak truth with my neighbor, but I think I'm going to hang on to my reputation. Or, I appreciate that you've given me a good and generous work to do, but it's not going to get me what that person has, so I'm sorry, but I'm not interested in doing it. Or, I appreciate your graciousness, kindness, tenderheartedness, and forgiveness toward me, but you know, this person really has it coming, and I'm going to be the one to give it to him. And do we imagine God is pleased with or turns a blind eye on these kinds of exchanges? And yet, we've made them anyway, to our detriment. Friends, at the start of this new year, we have a choice to make. We're either going to make repentance a practice, releasing our sinful ways and receiving God's ways instead, or we're going to make it our habit to hang on to our sinful ways and receive the consequences for them that God has laid out. Choose repentance. Until next time, have a wonderful week.